Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, it's a bit of an Aussie theme to uh, the show now in the next hour because uh, we have to salute the fact that it's been a big morning for Australian sport after their women's cricket team once again established their dominance in the world, lifting another, yes, another, their sixth T20 World Cup overnight, uh, beating the host to South Africa in the final by 19 runs, led by player of the match, Beth Mooney, who is some cricketer, uh, scored 74 from 53 balls. Super Rugby is back. The sun is about to rise on another NRL season. There's plenty to smile about uh, across the other side of the Tasman. And uh, you can hear my next guest, uh, Andrew Voss, on Breakfast on SEN 1170. Anytime uh, you want to get the app on over there or over here. And, of course, uh, if you're travelling around Australia, it is uh, certainly a show to listen to. Vossi, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Smithy. Yes, um, you're talking about the women's T20 side for Australia. I mean, we, we've we only just come off air our breakfast show, myself and uh, Greg Alexander hosting the show. I mean, we, we started our show today. I don't think there's a more successful... Um, team. I mean, you can't really compare, let's say, the Australian Kangaroos or the uh, the, the Jillaroos, the rugby league, because they just don't have the volume of matches like the Australian women's cricket side do. So they're our best export, I think. Um, and you may even be able to say there's a space between them and the rest. When you're talking high-profile sports, uh, our women's cricket team, the Australian women's cricket team, are first by a stretch at the moment in terms of uh, excellence and, and, and success. Well, I've been waxing on about them. I, I commentated the uh, Women's 50 Over Cricket World Cup uh, about yep. this time last year in New Zealand, uh, and I, I just looked at the way they went about things. I looked at the completeness of their squad. I looked at the fact that, and I've said this quite often in the past, that uh, they have every base covered, not just once, at least twice. I, I don't think I've, uh, of course, I've got a new coach as well, um, and they just doesn't appear to miss a beat with the way that uh, they've organised things around their captain. Meg Lanning took a little bit of time out of the game, has come back fresh as a daisy, and everything's just fallen into place again. Yeah, amazing depth, isn't it? When you talk about starring performances, the way the, the workload is shared around, like Beth Mooney overnight was um, player of the match and then Ash Gardner's player of the series and then Alyssa Healy, and, and they just... And there are so many... Um, contributors to the success of the team. No, it's a it's a golden era, and that's a magic record, six of T20, uh, six of seven T20 World Cups, three in a row. Um, and, and and what it's doing for the sportsmith, and I'm sure you're experiencing the same. I mean, we, we've got a massive year for women's sport. And I, I just, I'm, I'm almost to the point where, you know, not men or women, just the World Cup this year, the Football World Cup, it's the women in, um, in in this part of the world, is going to be huge. And you can only wonder what it's doing in terms of ex- inspiring another generation coming through. But we're going to see the results of what this women's cricket team for Australia is doing right at the moment for young girls and getting into cricket. They must be inspiring them to give it a go and you never know what talent you're going to find. But we're going to see the results of that. Smith, it might be 10, 15 years down the track, those that were inspired by this current squad getting into cricket and then finding their own way. Well, look, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I can't see this 
dominance ending any time soon. And uh, ironically, you bring up uh, the, the fact of um, uh, the fact that they're, they're paid pretty well, they get rewarded pretty well. Which brings me to my first rugby league uh, subject of the day. And the collective bargaining talks seem to maybe. Um, have come to some sort of agreement here with a deal reputably worth a billion dollars yet to be announced? Yeah, look, well, let's hope we're closer. Um, Maybe by Wednesday night, given that we're kicking off on Thursday night, Smithy, and we certainly don't want any sort of... Well, it it seems like we've taken complete strike off the table, which is no one wants to go there. I mean, I don't know how you garner support if you took a strike, but other things they can do, not doing interviews, covering the logo, all those sorts of things. But one of the sticking points right at the moment that's been reported over here, be interesting to hear what um, our listeners think of this. So they're, they're talking about the transfer date at the moment, and I'll give you a hypothetical example. Um, if a player is coming off contract in 2025, so 2025, we're in 2023, he can be signed on November 1 this year. November 1, 2023, he can be signed for the 2025 season. The league is pushing for that to go back to the old transfer date of June 30. So it would be June 30, 2024, that a player would not be able to sign before for a club for the following season. Now, that makes better business sense, but the players, as I understand it, know they are they are stuck on the November 1 model. They want to be able to swap clubs uh, literally, uh, what, 14, 16 months in advance. Smithy, I don't know, where do our listeners stand on that? Because some people say it's a, it's a blight on the game, but for every unhappy supporter, when a player of their club signs for someone else, there's a happy supporter that knows down the track to getting a player. Um, right at the moment, the Dolphins have signed both Herbie Farnworth and Thomas Flegler from the Broncos. Before the Broncos play a game this year, the Dolphins have signed two players already for the 2024 season. Um, is that good business, Smithy? Is that good for the game? I don't think so. Oh, I think uh, I think they think too long term. You, 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 you've got to have faith and you've got to encourage players to, to have faith and heart in the club they're playing for without Mm. Promising him a future so quickly That's just my old fashioned way of looking at it uh, Right yeah. What it means Boss, you're around 400,000 400, Average player salary Oh, average? Um, yeah, I, so, oh, yeah I, I don't have the figure in front of me. I'm saying that probably makes sense if you go over, well, we're up to a cap of 12 million. <laughs> I'm doing my maths down. I didn't know maths was going to be part of the interview, Smithy. I thought that was in my contract that we don't do any maths questions, but you've thrown that at me. Oh, look, Vossi, I don't do maths. If you don't do maths, but mm. maths rules the world, yes. apparently. Yes, I'm hearing you. But uh, you're 100% right. That would be 400,000 would be the average salary if you had 30 players in a 12 million cap. They're round figures. Very round figures there, Smithy. I've just done the maths now. Thank you. Mm. Okay, so uh, how are we looking for uh, the NRLW? Are they going to be happy now? Uh, the NRLW, well, that, they actually got sorted out a little earlier. Um, now, look, there's a massive, massive difference. But they're, if they're happy, then, then I'm happy. We're talking about... 20-week um, comp. So they're talking about a $900,000 salary cap this year, which by 2027 will, ri- will, be, um, will rise to $1.518 million. 
they will have a minimum wage. It doesn't sound like much in comparison to the NRL. A minimum wage of $30,000 this year, which rises to $50,600 in 2027. And then you've got a, you know, the rise in workload is a 20-week season slated in for this year and next, ex- expanding to 23 weeks by 2025. So I think they've made a lot more progress there on the NRLW Um and, and that will be going ahead. And players getting looked after far better than they ever have, but obviously still a long way to go if you're looking at the gap between women's and men's. But, of course, the season's not quite the same. Um, we're talking 20-week season. Does it draw the same uh, ratings numbers? Fact of the matter, it rates well, but no, it doesn't draw the same as the men's. So, but, but you'd have to say positive strides are being made. And players are now household names. Um, you know, and, and you saw it from the World Cup. Uh, again, we're going to see the influence these rugby league, these athletes are having at the moment on young girls everywhere, inspiring them to take up the sport. And we'll see the result of that 10, 15 years down the track. Well, uh, let's uh, talk about the good thing. And the good thing is Thursday night, where we get the season underway. What games are you calling this weekend? Uh, I've got uh, three games this weekend, and I'm only focused on the first one, and that is Eels v Storm because it's intriguing. Uh, I think all our listeners are aware it's one of the one of the best stats in the game. Under Craig Bellamy, and we are now talking 20 years, Melbourne have never lost a round one fixture. I tend to think they're under more pressure this round one than ever any round one previously, albeit Parramatta have got some injury worries of their own, little thin in the forwards, um, beaten grand finalists from last year, but Melbourne... This amazing record, it, it'll do tipsters' heads in, Smithy, because, you know, you, you start a new tipping comp year, you definitely want to get away with one from one, don't you? And, and this week, you've got to contend with Parramatta at home against the Melbourne Storm record under Bellamy. Which wins? Which wins? And, and Melbourne, with all that playing personnel gone in the off-season, the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, Brandon Smith, others injured, no Ryan Pappenhausen. I'm, I'm probably leaning to Parramatta, saying that the, that the Bellamy run will end, Smithy. That's where, I'm, that's where my head's at at the moment, but give me a few days to, to lock that in. Okay, look forward to your call on uh, Thursday night there. I noticed uh, you might have done a little bit of this in your show this morning. Um, a quick review of uh, the Australian performances in the opening round of Super Rugby. Oh, look, well, well, look, we had a lot of attention on, obviously, in our own backyard on broadcasting from Sydney, of course, new, um, the Waratahs and the Brumbies on Friday night. And there's certainly the good and the bad bad, if I may put it in terms of the Waratahs. The good was this young fella, Max Jorgensen, who's the son of former Wallaby Peter Jorgensen, who also played first grade with Penrith and the Roosters. And, and Max scores with his first touch, ends up scoring a couple of tries. The bad bad, bad news, Angus Bell... Uh, Wallaby prop, foot injury again. I mean, it, it's he only lasted 20 minutes, and it's a World Cup year. It's it's a it's so, it's so disappointing for the young bloke. And the fact the Waratahs lost to the Brumbies, they didn't get the result at Allianz. So that was a disappointing start on on a couple of fronts there. Um, oh, look, we're, we're just getting into it, and, and we'll see how things unfold. Um, but it would be, be nice to think that the Reds aren't going to get touched up every week as they were. Um, and the Warriors and the Brumbies can, can fly the flag reasonably high. Uh, force beating the Rebels was a, was a high-scoring game, but um, I, what I saw of the Blues and the 60 points they posted against the Highlanders, I'm thinking uh, that's a pretty good result, and obviously Chiefs beating the Crusaders. So one round in, 
Uh, have we sorted anything out? Possibly. Um, in a World Cup year, I think the Australian franchise is under a lot of pressure to perform. Mm, I think you're right. I think one weekend and Eddie Jones is scratching his head a wee bit uh, already. Cameron Smith, just finally, Cameron Smith uh, returned to action over the weekend and live golf, which of course makes its Australian debut. It's not that far away now in April. No, no, that's right. Now look, um, the live golf thing, I think a lot of the steam, like I know the argy-bargy still going on, Smithy, but what, what, it, to me it feels like a little bit of the, the interest has gone out of it from a fan perspective. It's like, okay, well, play on. You know, we'll, we'll watch it if we can, can access it. But I don't think people are as, as heated as um, what, what they were. It's like it's – I'm not saying it's totally accepted. It's certainly not widely accepted. Um, but it's there – and, you know, you'll follow the scores and what have you. And if you can access it, you'll watch it because we're sports lovers, um, Smithy. So, you know, what, what they get paid and all, all the rest, at the end of the day, good luck to them. <laughs> really? You know, like, wouldn't you love to? Would you knock it back? I mean, um, they've done very well. Those that signed up early doors with, um, with Live Golf, would we like a united front? Yeah, we probably would. But golf is an individual sport. It's not a, it's not a team sport. It's not like... You know, we're cheering on Australia in a golf tournament. Where no, Cameron Smith is an individual, um, and the same can be said of Ryan Fox and, other, um, and others. I mean, you know, it's an individual sport, um, and the more golf, the better. The more sport, the better. I'll, I'll probably soften on live. Um, if it if it goes, it goes. Yep, I think you might be right. Uh, look, we'll hope to speak to you next Monday morning. But after three games of rugby league and a, and a breakfast show. You might be a little bit hoarse by oh, then. Um, might be a little croaky. Yeah, yeah the other games I'm doing yeah. are Cowboys and Raiders on Saturday, and we're doing yeah. the Dolphins' first game against the Roosters on Sunday. So three games to call first weekend. Giddy up. Giddy up. Giddy up, uh, Vossi. Always uh, great to catch you, uh, catch up with you, mate. Thank you very much.